0: What is the answer to 99 out of 100 questions?
1: Money.
2: Look, man, all these jokers have got a lot of money and it belongs to
0: me. I want to know who they are and what they're doing with it. I'm sorry about that, man. I really am. Money does bad things to people. There ain't no excuse for it. Money. 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 I'm going to
2: say money. And I'm going to say welcome to the Beasley Mitchell podcast, the We Are Money podcast. I am Brad Beasley, your lovely host, and with me as always is David.
1: Hello, Brad. How are you doing? Just fine, sir. How are you? I'm doing
2: great. And we have Lauren here again today.
3: That's right. Good morning, everyone.
2: Lauren, you keep coming back. You know, we always have kind of beat up on you a little bit during podcasts. I'm glad to see you, you know, have a... uh, uh, liking for punishment.
3: Oh, absolutely. I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> there
2: you go. There you go. Well, we're here with episode 11 and we have uh, interesting topics today where we have a uh, discussion about the future and artificial intelligence and a bunch of different stuff, Dave.
1: So do you have to have regular intelligence to discuss artificial intelligence? Because if so, we might not be equipped to handle this today.
2: Well, we're going to find <laughs> out today whether okay. we have regular intelligence. I certainly don't, but I'm glad okay. I have all <laughs> of you in here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Well, with us today is Dr. Lowell Catlett, and uh, Dr. Catlett is a uh, a man of many talents. Uh, We know him from uh, Professor of uh, Ag and Dean of Ag at New Mexico State University. He's also a a world-renowned speaker. And uh, we have a little clip here that we always ask a lot of our uh, clients, Dr. Catlett.
0: What, What would you say you do here? Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I'm retired You're retired You,
2: you always tell me that, that you have fun for a living You know that you always have a good time So kind of give us a quick background on yourself And uh, kind of what you're doing
0: I grew up on a ranch in the Panhandle of Texas That's where my accent comes from But I decided early on that I wasn't destined to be a rancher Because it was too much like work And so I decided I better go do something else And so I went off to college And uh, this thing called economics kind of stuck with me And mm-hmm. I just uh, pursued it as a career Because it was kind of fun now, what I know about
2: economics is basically supply and demand, and I've been trying to go with, go with that. I mean, that's about all you need to know. Right. <laughs> now, I know you've spoken all over the world to different organizations. Kind of tell us a little bit about your speaking career a little bit.
0: Well, it started in a youth organization then known as the Future Farmers of America. They changed their name many years later because it was more than about agriculture. it's more about the leadership, and they changed it to just FFA. But it started just uh, going and speaking to a service club when you're a teenager in high school, and the next thing you know, somebody says, well, if you talk to my Lions Club, would you come talk to the Rotary Club? And one thing led to another, and I just have a big mouth, and I'm a vagabond, and the next thing you know, you're just talking to anybody that'll listen. Talking to anybody that'll listen.
2: Exactly. I know a lot of the stuff that you talk about is kind of being a futurist and predicting the future or looking at different ways or or helping people think about about the future.
0: Well, nobody can predict it. We've done many studies over the years, and uh, nobody knows the future. So all Mm -hmm. you can try to do is think about it, imagine it, uh, put yourself in the position, if this happened, uh, how would we strategically pace our business, or how would it affect the bottom line, or is it going to change the way that I feel about something? So all you can do is kind of imagine things or think about it. And that's. it came from really from the frustration of economics, because if you remember, you're too young, but back in the uh, 60s and 70s, a lot of corporate America hired economists to, to do exactly that, forecast, help us figure out where our where the market's going to go, so we can strategically place the business. And economists are just not like anybody else. We can't do that. Nobody can forecast the future. So they kind of went out of favor. And so, as forecasting the future, and then it kind of came back to, well, how can we help people think about it? And so that's all I try to do is kind of say, okay, well, if this happens, how are we going to react to it?
2: Right. I remember one uh, speech you gave. Uh, this was probably seven or eight years ago uh, to one of the local the uh, NMSU. Uh, accounting department, where you had actually told us you'd said, "Hey, you know, we've got these phones," and you remember you held up the very first iPhone. This was seven or eight years ago, and you said, "If we're not using this going forward in our businesses in terms of communications with clients or doing things, you know, we're we're wrong. We're going to transact everything through a business." And at that point, you know, seven eight years ago, iPhone first came out, and we're like, "Oh, how are we going to use
0: this thing?" You're pretty pretty much right on now. Well, it just became one of those things like uh, like the computer when uh, the personal computer kinda got to the point that you could have it on your desk and all of a sudden it could do the things that that big central processing unit that took a whole building on the campus to do Everybody said, "Well, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with this?" And nobody knew. And actually, the first thing we did was was play games with it. Right. There wasn't any software. Nobody Arguing. knew how to make it powerful, <laughs> you know. And so right. we just played games with it.
1: Yeah, I, I remember that the uh, you know somebody's always like, "We now have this thing that we can hold in our hand that can get all the information, all the knowledge in the world is at our fingertips through the web." And what do we do? Is look at cat videos and.
0: <laughs> and <things like> that. <laughs> but it become really one of the one of the things that nobody. Forecast. One of the inventors of the internet said the internet was far easier to invent than it has been to forecast. It was mm-hmm. about nerds communicating with each other in the defense department. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's number one use now is social networking. Mm-hmm. Nobody forecasts that. And so it's like your phone now being the camera of the world. It's like if you're going to carry this thing around with you, why not just carry one thing? and have it do a whole bunch of things like let let me watch a cat video when i really just want to just kick (laughs) back and have five beers
2: yeah (laughs) and you can order some beer now with your phone and take it to the liquor store and bring it back to you i mean it's it's it's, it's always changing i saw one thing where it talked about the internet the other day and it says that you know uh uh, Ten or fifteen years ago, your parents said, "Don't talk to strangers and don't get into car with strangers." Now we talk to strangers on the internet, and we pay them to come show us and pick us up
1: <laughs> yeah. in their car to exactly. take yep. us to random places. Exactly the opposite. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that kind of gets into some of the things we talked about. I know that one of the topics you wanted to discuss was the concept of singularity, and so and all that entails with artificial intelligence.
0: Well, it's it's now that the computers, for all int- intents and purposes, and I try to to give the example mm-hmm. that the Apollo. Computer that we landed twelve men safely on the moon and brought them home, and had another six that rotated the moon, and we did fabulous things with it. It's about the size of a small suitcase. Mm-hmm. That was the
1: one that landed Tom Hanks, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just I'm just making sure I'm. I <laughs> tried <trying> to land. <laughs> yeah. No okay. good. Yeah. They they didn't get it, I guess. Yeah. Right.
0: And so now the average cell phone is got thirty two million times more power than that computer that we used. In 1969, to land the first two men on the moon. So, the point is, computer capacity is essentially infinite, and speed likewise. So, in that world, what are we going to do with it? And we don't know. So, it's got a lot of people saying, "Okay, we're getting to the point maybe where computers or artificial intelligence, what we put into the computer, is going to exceed humans." Mm-hmm. And so, we, they call that moment singularity when, okay. when it actually becomes it. It's it's very similar to the idea of singularity being. In a factory that manufactures something, when will that factory just manufacture that something without humans manufacturing that? And if that happens, then essentially it's infinite in what's going to happen. So it's got a lot of people going, oh, 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 oh this will be the end of humans as we know it. Well, so it's that's kind
1: of, like the plot in Terminator, isn't it? Right, and yeah. the Matrix.
0: Yeah, yes. yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and, and it's and it's interesting because you get to the point where when you say, well, you have a manufacturing business and you've got all these robots putting this stuff together and you walk in and you say, OK, who's the most important person in this business? And of course, the business owner would say, well, I am. I'm the owner of the business. Well, not really. It's probably the IT
0: guy that's managing all of these computers and all the work. And so my point as an economist and somebody that tries to study these movements through history is uh, without using artificial intelligence, think just think what mechanization has done for all of us. We've got a push-turn-pull society, essentially. I can get up in the morning and push a button, turn a knob, move my foot just a little bit, and I can have a hot shower. I can push a button and have a hot meal. It may have be, been prepared by somebody else and put in a package, so all I'm doing is hitting a microwave, but that was unheard of. Just But we're using technology to get, free us from doing things that was just a whole bunch of time many years ago. So I'm not scared about the singularity because they said we really wouldn't get to the point where poker or a game called Go would be beaten by a computer like we did with chess. But Mm -hmm. last year that happened. And so, so we're getting to the point where, okay, that's happening. But then I think you take the attitude of what Kasparov did when he was beaten by by Big Blue as the chess player the way. He was the best chess player. And mm-hmm. he said, okay, you could go bury his head in the sand and say, oh, the computers are taking over chess. And he goes, no, I'm going to let chess with the computer augment my ability to play chess. And now he's created a whole new level of chess playing where you actually have a computer or anything else that will help you augment your chess game and has got a whole new field now.
1: Right. Wow. Wow.
2: It's, it's, and, and it becomes this, this discussion of, of, you know, they always use the word virtual reality, but it's, it's almost like what you're talking about. It's almost like augmented reality to where we are, we are using. So like, for instance, in our contacts now, you know, if I'm walking down the street in my contacts, it might start popping up and say, okay, I look at Lauren and there's her Facebook feed or there's information about her that I'm seeing. That's kind of augmenting what I know about them. Same way as if I'm working in a factory or doing whatever this is saying, oh, you know, I got to look at that one. That's, that's the problem. Those types of things,
0: and then we're moving to that, and I and I say that's where we get to the point of of that that augmented. It's a, it's helping us move to a different level. Why do we have to be bound to do physical things when we've got a machine that will do it? And throughout history, we basically said, let's let the machine do those things, and let us do something that we're better at. And so I, it will lead to what we call an economic structural unemployment. There'll be mm-hmm. some people that will have to be retrained, but will it? Eliminate jobs, and actually, what we're finding is it creates more jobs. Ultimately, they're just ones we haven't thought about. Absolutely, absolutely. I think they're talking about how, you know, half of all the students going
2: into college are studying for a, a job that maybe doesn't even exist right, right now. And we would hope that it wouldn't. So, how does that work from an economic standpoint? If we're looking at like a billion people that that their jobs could be retrained and repurposed to do different things, what does the economy what What does the economy look like in this type of Augmented environment where we're not really using our hands, using our brains. Do we become kind of like the movie Wally, you know, in the Disney where they're just kind of we're just big fat lazy people sitting around punching <laughs> computers and yeah, on the mopeds? Just <laughs> I mean, I was just I was just in Disneyland and there's a lot of people on yes. mopeds running around. You know, with that stuff. Is well, that,
0: we could do that, but you'll also see, and I call it the age of the artisans. We're also seeing where okay, we can have a big 3D printer, and we do have them that will print you a modular home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great, you got a home that's really pretty dang nice and it's printed. Okay, mm-hmm. done. No human being was part of it. You got a home now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, there's people in that world then would say, well, but I don't want that standardized home. Mm-hmm. I want one with a different roof and I want this. And so we're seeing already the rise in what I call the artisan crafts, where I, I, the old crafts that were you using your hands. I mean, all you got to do is turn on public television, and you see now people going back and not even using uh, any major power tools; they're using the old hand tools of 150 years ago to craft wooden things that people go, that, "That we don't want that." Right. But we're seeing a whole rise in artisans that are letting people do those kind of things. So it's not going to be; those are going to be good-paying jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. If mm-hmm. you're going to design a home for somebody that's not more want a modular home, they're probably going to pay quite nicely for it. And Absolutely. you need a skill set that's an old skill set to mm-hmm. do that. So you're going to see the parallel. You're going to see those people out there. So when truck drivers get eliminated because uh, auto, uh, you know, uh, Uber's uh, movement into self-driving trucks or autonomous trucks, well, okay, that we're not going to drive the truck, but that technician may be on that truck, monitoring a whole bunch of other things in a way that never thought before. All they were doing was driving it. Now what what do we add with that technician to this load and maybe we can change the dynamics of delivery with that. Right, and then with that, the design of the truck, what does, why
2: does the truck look like this and why does it have this set up? I mean,
1: look more you know, like a bullet train or something it, it like that. It might get
2: more aerodynamic because those And you've just I mean, created all those new jobs see, yes. that didn't exist before. That's just, I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really amazing, and so I think that the takeaway, a lot of it, is from a business standpoint, you have to adapt quickly or die.
0: And I say that's the biggest challenge in our educational system, and it doesn't matter at what level, because Thomas Jefferson, when he founded the University of Virginia, founded it with the principle that there should be no degrees, because his concept was a degree mentally causes us to think that we're done. Mm-hmm. And his attitude was, I want a place where people feel comfortable coming any time in their life, because education is a lifelong process. In this new world that we're moving toward as fast as possible to singularity, I I, I use the term 24/7 education, which means I ain't got time to get you a degree. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I got. We got to educate you for this next level, and this one may last three months. Wow. So that's. To be the challenge of education. What's
1: well, like those uh, TED talks and yeah. and that um what's the online academy the, the um, Khan Academy Khan Academy and things like that that I mean you got to go learn this new skill I mean just in in simple terms I mean my wife it's not me doing this but my wife had to go change the oil in the lawnmower I mean she's much better at that than me she's like I can't remember how to do it she pulled up a YouTube video watched it for five minutes. Got, got got the oil changed in less than ten minutes, and
2: like and, in like in the movie Matrix, where they're like, "We don't know kung fu," and then yes. they just put the little disc right. in, and oh, now I know kung fu. I know kung fu. Yes, yeah. but that
0: comes back to what you said earlier, Brad, about augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Now you have somebody that can walk you through those steps that before you couldn't remember where the manual was, even if you saved mm-hmm. it, and, and I don't want to take time to do it, but man, a nice little video, virtual reality that took me through that five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and it's, it's truly amazing. And I
2: think that, you know, we have to adapt as a society and adapt as, as
0: educators, adapt as
2: businesses, because you have to constantly be learning. And I heard something actually this morning on one of the news channels that they just made a kind of a passing comment, well, that colleges are there to, to, to train people. Well, I I think going forward, colleges is there, like you're saying, to teach you how to learn and teach you where to go to learn. Absolutely. Um, Because you can't, you can't do it unless you're going into some of these fields. I mean, like law is very you know, detail, the accounting has a lot of details in it, but engineering, there's the basics, but that's just teaching you how to learn to get to the next level.
0: That's exactly right. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's always amazing. And I mean, it's like I, said, I, I love talking to Dr. Catler. There's always so much interesting stuff that goes on. <laughs> I'm just weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that.
1: <laughs> so has there any, has there been anything that you have talked about or, um, I guess, predict is the, maybe the wrong word, or something that was completely off?
0: Well, uh, probably so many things that I just don't want to talk about them. Let you, <laughs> let you know how bad I am at them. But one that I really, I missed on it so bad that uh, I don't mind sharing it. And it was one that I thought the movement toward robotics uh, when I first started reading about them and understanding that a lot of things that we, we think of a robot as a drone, and it's mm-hmm. going to be human-like. But when you really start classifying a, a smart machine that's doing things, then, a, then an ATM, in one sense, is a form of a robot. It's giving mm-hmm. you something that a human uh, could have done before, but is now being done by a machine in a, in a quasi-smart way. So I, I, I forecast that robots would be a bigger part of society about 15 years ago. And so, man, I just missed that window big time because they kind of languished. I mean, mm-hmm. the first commercial robot was 1962 by General Motors to weld. And it did a pretty good job. And I thought, man, it's going to take off. But it has in the last five years. I mean, we've, like, two and a half times every year, industrial robots exceed the previous year in application. So it's just exploding. But man, I miss the timing on that one big time.
1: Now, like, like now it'd be like your drones and your. Oh, and, oh everything. And, and you just. Everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just,
0: yeah. Well,. Uh, in 1971, percent of the average automobile in the United States was manufactured with robots. And that was basically welding the frame, okay? mm-hmm. 50% today, 75% mm-hmm. in Japan. And Japan says in five years, it'll be 100%. And they're the world leader in robots. I think they'll get there. Wow.
2: That's wow. just amazing. Yeah.
0: Fantastic world we live
2: in. Well, thank you, Dr. Catlett. Really appreciate that. And, uh. It's always good discussion. Once again, you're listening to the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell & Company. You can follow us on Facebook at Beasley Mitchell & Company and our Twitter feed at Beasley Mitchell. Uh, now we're moving on to my favorite segment of the podcast, the uh, If Brad world the World.
1: All right, Brad. So we're back to your "If I Ruled the World," and I have five questions for you here. And um, and state to me that you haven't seen these questions and don't know what I'm about to ask you. I have no
2: idea. I've never seen these.
1: Great, great. Okay. So the first question we have up, and Dr. Catlett, feel free to to join in and correct Brad on how it should be, as a you know, as opposed <laughs> to his answers and everything here. So, number one, what do you believe will be the long-term effects of the Fed raising interest rates?
0: Well,
2: that's an interesting one. The long-term effect of the Fed's raising interest rates is going to be interesting because, in theory, that should uh, tighten the money supply. It should, uh, you know, try to help curb this inflation that they keep saying is on the on the horizon. But what we're finding is the marketplace is pushing back. Is that just because the Fed is raising rates, people are not willing to borrow at these these rates? Just because they said okay the cost of money now has gone up by, uh, by, you know, 25 basis points. That doesn't mean me as a lender is going to say, or as a borrower say, yeah, sure, go ahead and charge me 25 basis points more. I'm going to push back and say, no, I'm only going to borrow at 4.5% because that's what works in my models for this this investment that's going on. So I have a, a real hesitation to see that we're going to see much change or pushback from the Fed continuing to raise his interest rates.
0: It's, uh, okay. I always say we're spoiled brats. Uh, because we've had such a low interest rate environment for so long, because my first mortgage on my home when I moved here to Las Cruces was 11%. Jeez, so uh, we're kind of we're kind of spoiled, and so any like you said, Brad, 25 uh, 25 basis point, everybody's going oh. <laughs> I would hope for that. <laughs> All right. Well, question
1: number two, Brad. What is one change you would make to the rules of the road in driving? What's one change you would make?
2: One change I would make to the rules of the road. Um, I would uh, make it to where it is very illegal for people to drive super slow in the fast lane. And I feel that the uh, because it creates the rolling roadblock, which does nothing more than upset me
3: Amen. tremendously. Yes
1: very very illegal as opposed to regularly illegal yes kind of, I mean, kind of illegal
2: yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely or or there's some some way through technology that we could i could interface with the person in front of me to say get out of my
1: way <laughs> be great if you could like buzz the person in front of you seat that they just like start getting vibe like until yes. you get over Absolutely. Or a head slap or something like that. Something like that.
2: Now, that would be really funny. That would be hilarious. Can you imagine driving down the road and all of a sudden I press the button and the little old lady in front of me that is just driving really, really slow just gets
1: head slapped in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of car is that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't see any safety issues with that. No. Although
1: I know that Brad would be tailgating me and just hitting that button the whole time <laughs> Over and over. Okay. That,
2: that gives a new... It's not the headrest anymore. It'd be the head something else, yes. right? I mean Yes. Nice. A terrible
1: world. (laughs) All right. So got got another one here. When do you think Hollywood will start adding smells to movies?
2: Adding smells to movies. Wow, that's interesting. It gets back to the whole three D, four D type of experience, and Mm. and obviously with smells being the most um oh goodness what's the right word here from a psychological standpoint when you smell something, you t- yeah you recall memories more and more I, I think movies probably need to start trying to add certain smells but some of these movies nowadays would smell terrible yeah i don't know yeah. that i want i don't know that i want to actually smell gladiator and what it was like in the roman mm. times of what is being smelled there yeah. um you know, I, and I don't yeah. know.
1: Maximus Decimus Meridius. Yes, also mm-hmm. Maximus
2: Decimus, you smell terrible. You smell terrible,
1: yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I don't know. There might be some there might be some that smell, you know, really good. Well, I think you like know.
1: the movie Chocolat, if you've seen that, and you know, like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory
2: yes. probably be awesome. Oh Charlie and the Chocolate mm-hmm. Factory would be fantastic.
3: Yeah. Maybe just the positive mm-hmm. smells like baking cookies and fresh flowers.
0: Yeah. And bacon. And bacon. Oh, bacon. Oh, bacon. Oh, yes. Bacon. yes. yes. <laughs>
2: and the Oscar goes to, for the best known movie goes <laughs> to, bacon, <laughs> so, a documentary. All it was was an hour of sizzling bacon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I
1: love it. John <laughs> Williams does the score and everything, <laughs> just a sizzling bacon. <laughs> oh, that's just yes. nice. yeah. Fantastic. Nice. Uh, question four, Brad. Name your top three cities that need professional sports and their mascot can be in any, any sport, but what, Pop, what three, three cities,
2: cities need professionals. I mean, we now have
1: hockey going to, to Vegas. We probably have, we have the Raiders eventually going to Vegas. What's, what city needs a professional team? What sport, what mascot?
2: Let's see. Wow. That's an interesting, that's an interesting one. Um, I think, let's see. I think a, uh, a professional hockey team, um, in like Mexico City would be really funny. Just because the ice would melt it'd be really hot. <laughs> you know, we could be they'd call the swimmers. The swimmers or something like that. Okay, so there's there's one. You may want to watch it a little bit. On yeah, yeah. Oh. oh. Yes, yes. Okay. So, let's see. So if that one, I think that uh, they need to they need to have a professional football team um Oh gosh, uh, Dave! This is a crazy question. What? 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 Anybody?
1: See, I, I've always thought that there should be some sort of football team over in the like Icelandic or Nordic things because aren't aren't those people usually bigger, like the the Viking descendants mm-hmm. and everything? Okay. Know, shouldn't they have actual football, like like American America football America. and all that?
2: I, I I would think so. I mean, yeah. you start looking at those types okay. of things. Um, you know, I think you look at. Uh, I think there needs to be a a premier league, a really high level soccer thing, you know, obviously disrespect meant to the MLS. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the, uh, some of the soccer activities and, and those types of things yeah. need to get behind those things. Right. That's a hard question, Dave. Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry. Well, we may come back to that in a later mm-hmm. episode when you get some time to think about it. Okay. question number five, which do you think is more dangerous? Shark diving, bungee jumping, skydiving, or deducting unreimbursed employee expenses? Um,
2: I think that your, uh, Uh, Risk of really getting hurt is uh, if you're uh, uh, deducting unreimbursed business expenses. That's a for sure fire audit. And I mean, at least if you're shark diving, you maybe have a cage or something like that around you that something's really got to go bad. That new movie, 47 meters down or whatever. I I won't watch that. that, I'm not going to watch that one. Um, Bungee jumping harkens me back to the days of the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where... Remember, uh, Hillary's, uh, yes. uh, boyfriend was going to post her on live TV <laughs> and, then, and she said,
1: will you marry th-? <laughs> <laughs> and just hits the ground? So that gets,
2: <laughs> that gets a little crazy. Uh, but that doesn't scare me as much. We've figured out the whole elasticity with bungee cords and stuff like that now. And then, uh, uh, skydiving, right? Yeah. They've actually proven that you, in some cases can actually survive landing without a parachute. So, I mean, you know, it depends on what you land in.
1: Okay. Can, like jello would be good. Jello. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, yeah. hey. Yeah.
2: those types of things, yeah. you know? yeah. um, yeah. Um, but, uh, like I said, I, I, think, I think not deducting, uh, deducting unreimbursed business expenses is a, is a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, awesome job, Brad. We always appreciate your insight there on Brad rules the world. And we'll now move on to David's legal corner.
2: The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. David's Legal Corner does not provide any guarantee of the future, and past performance is not indicative of future results. Should you desire, David's Legal Corner can send you a box containing the knowledge of David's Legal Corner and market guaranteed. David has spare time. However, you would just be receiving a guaranteed box of nothing. Receipt of this box involves substantial risk to your health. Well being, storage space, other empty boxes, and to any streak you have involving the non receipt of empty boxes. David's legal corner apologizes for not providing round containers to mark guaranteed. There is no attempt to offend those with spherical tendencies, only a strong desire by David to provide an answer to the age old question What does the box say?
1: So, Brad, you know, what does the box say? Ring ding 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 ding.
2: It begs the question why are there no round boxes? <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you could really deal with those. Maybe I guess it's a storage thing, but I mean, if you got them all set up, why not have a round box?
2: Well, wasn't there a movie about that? It was the, the Stork the movie where yeah. they invented the, round, bo- the yeah. round box. And is it really a round box? And it... <laughs> Well, David, I, I know that you all, you do have a lot of time uh, marking empty boxes guaranteed, um, but uh, what, is your, what, is your, what is your legal corner today? Well,
1: what I was going to run into is there's a, a new case that was just decided by the U.S. Supreme Court um, yesterday. It was Mattal, the Interim Director of the United States Patent and Trademark Office, versus TAM. Now, um, at TAM, I believe it's TAM, actually pronounced it there, but what this case involved was this was actually a trademark case where there was a, um, a band, um, that was made up, um, of people of Asian American descent. And what they did was they named their band the slants and they purposely did it you know, as, a, as a derogatory term, but they did it to try to, you know, bring power back to that and, you know, take, take control of that and turn it into something positive. And when they went to register this with the trademark office, the trademark office said, no, that is a racist, a, a racist, racial, um, um, phrase and we're not going to register it. So then they sued and that's how this this all came. The uh, court decided that that uh, trademark office, you don't have that ability to make that determination. This this is not the government speaking. This is just the government registering free speech. And this isn't a, a spoken thing by the government saying that, yes, we are saying this this derogatory phrase, but we are just registering this phrase. So, so they're uh, allowed them to do that. So they will be able to trademark this phrase, which then allows them to you know, market things and also defend that trademark against other items. And um, what this really has a whole lot of significance in is also related to this ongoing debate with the Redskins or the Washington Redskins and, and their name. And the, they were actually uh, waiting on this case to be decided so that then they could proceed with their own um, applications. Because if you remember a few years ago, the trademark office either did or or can't remember if they actually did, or they were threatening to. I think threatening. Yeah, to revoke their trademark on the name Redskins, so that then you could have all these bootleg, um, bootleg, uh, you know, copies of shirts and and memorabilia and all that, because it couldn't be a protected trademark. So just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on on that new case.
2: Well, well I think this becomes a uh, a slippery slope because you get into free speech, and and yes, this is a, a term that could be. Uh, it is derogatory in certain circles. Uh, it uh, is a situation where I think the, the government was trying to keep people from being offended on something, but I think that it's a slippery slope because if if a, another party, you know, what, if you were the Republican Party or the Democrat Party and the patent office said, no, you can't
0: patent that, uh, it becomes a political thing at some point. It's, uh, like you said, a very slippery slope, especially during these times when people are a little bit more prone to uh, being probably uh, cognizant of uh, different terms, but uh, it's, uh, it's one that uh, ultimately uh, throughout our history as a country, we've erred on the side of letting people have as much free speech as they possibly can, even if it is offensive to a smaller group of people. Now you we think- cannot
2: like it. Mm-hmm. Right. We cannot like what they did or like what they trademarked or whatever it happens to be, but they still have the right to congregate and they have the right to, yeah. to have this this speech. I mean, Lauren, do you think that this is kind of a byproduct of how easily offended we get nowadays?
3: Absolutely. I think everyone is offended by everything. And if they aren't offended by something, they're gonna look for something to be offended by. Um, and I think that they're of Asian descent. Like that is that is themselves they they should be able to name it the slants if they want to yeah it,
1: it seems like we used used to you have power if you were the one putting somebody down and offending somebody and we've all to me it seems like we've almost reversed it that now you have the power if you're the one who is offended yes. if you are the if, if i mean it's it's a it's almost a reversal there that that if you're offended oh now now the other person has to stop what they're doing where i mean it's i don't know which way is right or wrong there's probably somewhere in the middle that it really should be but that, that seems where we've, we've now shifted that.
2: Well, I think people thrive on this whole anxiety and wanting to be offended. And I think the social media where people can yell and scream and there's really no recourse to you. And in, in a lot of these, these situations, uh, it really depends on what you're doing as, as, as a person. Uh, for me, we try to stay away from stuff that offends uh, offends people because people choose to come talk to us, and and we have to be very mindful of, of of everybody. But if you work in a position where it doesn't matter whether somebody does or doesn't come to your place of business because of your beliefs, then sure, so you, the, the people scream from the rooftops that oh, you know this this offends me or this is this, or I just get angry and 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 it's just crazy. It's social media. Yeah. yeah. So.
1: So just interesting thing there that that kind of flows into there and. But and that, so.
2: my, my other question, though, is that, I mean, who's buying the Redskins gear anyways? I mean, the Redskins are terrible. I mean, is it really going like... to... Yeah. <laughs> I, mean,
1: <is> it... <laughs> I mean The, the bootleggers are probably losing money if they're, if they're, if they're doing that. I think that's a great idea. Let's go sell Washington Redskins yeah. jerseys. Why? Because they're terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great business plan. Yeah, I think the Browns actually went and advertised for somebody to bootleg their stuff to try to get that... It might be cheaper the... for yeah. them
2: to not have to produce stuff that people don't buy. Yeah. Let the free market <laughs> reign <laughs> completely. here. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, uh, that's Ultimately, yeah. where you where you where you end up.
1: And I will say that I have no idea what kind of music that this group actually puts out. It could be good. It could be. Bad. It could be bad. I mean, it could be like an oboe quartet. That, that all I know. I don't know. I, I have I'm no curious idea. now. But I'm I'm gonna have to go look at that and see what mm-hmm. that is. Maybe they just did it as a full on publicity stunt. It could be. I mean, think oh. about that. I just mean, it's a, a very good. expensive publicity stunt taking it to the Supreme Court. But.
2: Well, I think though a lot of these a lot of these things that go to the Supreme Court. A lot of times the people who, the, the attorneys who are taking this stuff to the Supreme Court do this pro bono. There's these think tanks and stuff like that where they just, you know, they raise money and they they take these to court for free. I mean, they do this so they can get their name out there. They say they practice in front of the Supreme Court. They won this case. I mean, there's a lot of that, I think, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, getting, getting that name that you can always then go to the next client and say, well, you should use me for this because I've been in front of the Supreme Court. I, I know what they think and I won.
0: And I won, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. It's like the authors that want their books to be banned because all of a sudden something that nobody would pay attention to or read, now somebody banned it, so now it got some free press. So maybe Mm. paying for the Supreme Court ruling uh, was cheaper than a minute on uh, the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They got got some publicity out there. Exactly. That's true. David, as always, you come up with such good
2: uh, activities to discuss for David's Legal Corner. And so now moving on to our next segment as part of the We Are Money podcast is the best code ever.
3: We'll dance all night It's the
0: best code ever Some folks pay a lot Others they pay never And if you don't comply You'll go to jail however Why would you not fight It's the best code ever they would be like, oh, oh, no Would be like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. All right. So in this today I kind of expanded our little thing here So instead of just being tax laws I just went to overall laws Law laws um, laws. Not law, La land, or anything like that, but okay. laws, laws like that. So, um, um, and uh, so what I have here is I have two sets of four laws, three are true, one is fake. So you got to let me know which one you think is fake. Okay. So here we go. Question number one. So, in Illinois, those under twenty-one can drink, but they must be enrolled in a culinary program to do so. In Tennessee, it is illegal for students to hold hand hold hands while in school. In South Dakota, it is illegal to remove five Native Americans from your property if it is considered sacred ground. Four, in California, film producers must have the permission from a pediatrician before filming a child under the age of one month. Which one is fake?
2: Gerzina.
3: I'm going to go with Tennessee and holding hands.
2: What do you got against holding hands in school?
3: I got nothing against it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I say the pediatrician. I'm going to say the five
1: Native Americans in South Dakota. Brad, you are correct. The actual law that is still on the books in South Dakota says that you can legally shoot at them if they are on your land.
3: Oh,
2: wow. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Sorry. Explain to me what the real law is. So the real law is if you Native have if you are five or
1: more on your land. Sitting on my land. On your land, you are legally allowed to engage. They are considered to be a war party, and you can you can forcibly remove them. Now, I don't condone anybody doing that. I don't. This is one of those laws that is on the books that nobody probably realizes is still on the books, um, but that is it's considered a war party. It's considered a war party, and I mean, South Dakota was big in the you know the Indian Wars at the turn of the 1800s mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just some of these that that hasn't been corrected That's um, interesting. in there. So, okay. So yes, Bird. but but in Tennessee, you you are it's still it's on the books that it's legal for students, basically high school and younger, to hold hands because that leads to other disruption and other behaviors, so they said can't do it.
2: Can't hold hands. Yep. You are in violation yep. of law.
3: Mm. Yeah, good to know.
1: And in California, you do have to have a a pediatrician sign off. So, which that that one always came to me because you know when when the birth of my my son, you see what a baby looks like when they're just born, as opposed to when you see it on the movies. Now you look at the movies, going, "Oh, that kid's like three months old." I mean, <laughs> no <laughs> way that. <laughs> congratulations,
2: you gave birth to fifteen pounds. <laughs> yes,
1: congratulations, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That are (laughs) best teeth. Good job. Yeah. We go. So, all right. So, I the um the next one here, the second one. Number one in Nebraska, drivers and and think about where these are are located. Okay, so in Nebraska, drivers are required to drive on the right edge of highways on mountain roads. In Oklahoma, whaling whaling is illegal. In the city of Burlingame, California. Spitting is illegal, and in New Mexico, idiots are not allowed to vote. Which one is fake? <laughs> I
2: say <in> the Nebraska <laughs> one. Driving on the right edge. What type of whaling? Can you clarify the? Uh... Oklahoma one, when they're talking about whaling, or we're talking about, oh, whaling, oh we're talking about, like, actually, but, like, sh- like, stabbing whales.
1: I, I, I think you're actually, like, oh. talking about, like,
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like whaling
3: <laughs> yep. and shooting whales. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a shot whale. Yes. 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 <laughs> Watch out, Brad. Look <laughs> <Watch> out <laughs> for the
1: shot whale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Better not go to Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Lowell, which one do you think is fake? I say Nebraska. There's no mountains in Nebraska I know of. Okay. Grazina?
3: That's a good point. And, and you said they'd have to drive on the right edge.
2: The right edge.
3: Yeah, right I think edge. that has to be false.
2: I'm going to go with, mostly because I want to discuss it New Mexico, saying idiots can't vote.
1: The actual one, I kind of went, you know, a little bit of technicality on there. But in the city of Burlingame, California, spitting is illegal unless it is done on a baseball diamond. Oh. oh so, so they made that section. But yes, in Nebraska, there is a, there is a, a law that you cannot drive on the right edge of, you know, you have, that you're required to drive on the right edge of highway on mountain roads. And there are, I lived in Nebraska, there are no mountains. There's one ski place and it's really just kind of like a bigger hill. I mean, it's it's really just, I mean, our A-Mountain here in Las Cruces is about two times bigger than that. And that's their ski thing there. In Oklahoma, you can't shoot whales. And in New Mexico, on, on the New Mexico Constitution, Article 7, Section 1, idiots are not allowed to vote. Well, what is we, an I idiot! Need, I think we need a recount. Yes. You know, the, the, the devil, the devil in all of these.
2: David is, is the def, is the definition. Yes. I know no. that you get into the legal argument of of which is more important: the, the 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 agreement or the definitions behind it. What what is the technical definition of a quote idiot?
1: Well, the unfortunately, the constitution does not uh, the New Mexico constitution does not define that. I mean, I would have, uh. um, you know, asked asked Lowell Spouse to she you know could have handled that and, and gotten a clarification for us. On there, maybe we can reach yeah. out to her and, and have her figure out what what the uh, the legislature considers to be an, an idiot. But I think that would kind yes. of be all over the board. I just Boy. think that's there. very
3: subjective.
1: Yeah. So the actual, but well, I'm not so <laughs> sure that the people in the legislature <laughs> would have the ability in a lot of cases.
0: Well, I, That's a
3: uh, Talk about slippery
0: uh, slope. Yeah. That one is one. You better just move on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It,
1: it puts them in the, in the next preceding election. Um, every everyone shall be allowed to vote that is over the age of 21 years. So that got changed. And that there, but in the election, except idiots, insane persons, and persons convicted of felonious or infamous crime. That's more than famous crime. Bro. In felonious. Yeah. In felonious. But idiots, yeah. Mm-hmm. So.
3: so can true. that be redetermined for each election then? Can you be an idiot for the first election <laughs> and then going forward you're no longer an idiot?
1: Yeah, see, I don't know if that's that's something that like you can, you know, maybe we go to court and you're determined, yes, this guy is an idiot, but he is, has, has his, his idiocracy removed.
2: Can I take a potshot at UNM here? Is it fun? It's whether you graduated at UNM or New Mexico <laughs> State, I mean, could be part of it. So, okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be,
1: you know, I wouldn't really want an official thing saying that I was an idiot. I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you one if <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had that. You, anybody who has an older brother, always has that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we
2: bring back one of our other favorite segments: is uh, what grinds Grazina's gears.
1: All right, take it away, Lauren.
3: All right. Advancements in technology tend to make our lives more efficient. I will agree that most improvements in technology are incredible and they make my life so much easier. However, there are several that really grind my gears. First, we've got Skype, and I love Skype. It allows me to talk to my family and my friends that live in different states or even different countries. However, when my boyfriend and I were first dating, he lived in Nevada. I lived in Missouri, so before our Skype dates, I'd put on a little extra mascara, maybe floof my hair with a little hairspray. Nothing too crazy. Wasn't trying to look like a showgirl. Just wanted to look nice, but it never failed that the picture would freeze as I was mid-blink and mid-sentence. So I did not look like the natural beauty that I am. I look like a drunken sailor. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, we've got alarm systems. I very much appreciate the added level of security to our house. But some systems, they're very fancy. They got their cameras and whatnot. In general, they're great. But every once in a while, mine really grinds my gears. And let me tell you why. It's the middle of the night and my alarm starts going off. I'm scared. I'm disoriented. I grab the closest weapon, which happens to be a can of Raid. I start clearing the house, room by room, praying the intruder is a giant cockroach. I finally get to the alarm system, which tells me why it's disrupting my beauty sleep. Apparently, it found it imperative to alert me that my garage door battery is low at 322 in the morning. To be honest, it's rude and inconsiderate.
2: <laughs> Why do you have a can of raid by your bed?
3: I really hate cockroaches. And if if I ever see one, I, I like to have one on the first floor and on the second floor. And I don't I don't want that guy getting away. Like he's dead. So I always have access to raid in my house. <laughs> okay, mental
2: note, don't sneak Just into his house. He has a cockroach.
3: You won't make it. <laughs> Third, we've got credit card machines. I'm on board with this because it makes it harder for scumbags to hack in and steal information. But some of them have been updated, so you insert your card. Others have not been updated, so you still got to swipe. Some machines are having an identity crisis, and they want you to insert your card if you're credit or swipe it if you're debit. I feel like I'm floundering at the credit card counter every day, not to mention the sound the machine makes when you need to remove your card. Was my card approved, or did someone just escape from a maximum security prison? (laughs) And that's what Grinds Mikey is. (laughs) I don't don't
1: like that credit card thing either because, I mean, it's it's like like insert card, insert card, and then you're like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Get rid of it, get rid of (laughs) it. Well,
2: I mean, for me, sometimes I'm just happy that it goes through. You know, it's kind of like a lottery Mm -hmm. system. Sometimes you're like, uh, all right, we're good. Winner.
1: (laughs) One big money, big money, no hammy Stop, stop. We're good. (laughs) I love it.
2: I love it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Lauren. It's always fun. Moving on to our last segment, Who Are You? Once again, thanks to the unlicensed version of the uh, Who Are You by the Who, so we don't have to pay royalties.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) this is all parody, man. It's free use. Yes, there we go. Yeah, (laughs) we just got to make fun of it. I mean, there's, there's not a Spanish one that sounds like quien... Guinness, 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 Guinness. Guinness. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's
2: awesome. Well, that's our ongoing effort to make sure you uh, know who we are and uh, get to know us a little bit better. We have our uh, quizzes just so that uh, we can find out a little bit more about each other. So this one we're going to ask, we're going to use the magicquiz.com to determine who is your favorite baseball team. So, uh, Dr. Catlett, we're going to ask you some questions and then we're going to see if we can guess your favorite baseball team. Okay, what is your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Okay, and now David and Lauren are also going along at the same time. Which animal of these makes the best mascot? A lion, a bear, a horse, a bird, an elephant, or a rhino?
0: Lion. Lion.
2: Okay. Good. What's your favorite sport to play? Baseball.
1: Baseball. It's very appropriate since it's baseball. Very appropriate since baseball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what position would you play if you played baseball? Uh, they wouldn't let me play. I can't play it worth a flip. Okay, um, so left out? <laughs> 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 left boy? out, yeah, probably in, as far back into the right field. Yeah, okay. because you could put somebody. Well, I tried to answer mine, but they didn't have stat guy. Stat guy. They didn't have that <laughs> bullpen one. Bullpen as...
1: catcher was not on there. Clearly,
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Apparently, laughs> that's not a real position.
1: <laughs> Little do they know the value that is in the bullpen.
2: <laughs> Lauren, what'd you put for that one? What's, what position would you have played?
3: Well, I really, to be honest, don't like things flying at me, and I don't really like throwing things. Yeah. Um, so I put third base. I oh, don't gosh. know. <laughs> I just picked one. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> My hand-eye coordination is like zero. <laughs> well, okay, that works. I, you
1: know what? That's that's.
2: Is uh, there I a like position where you just hide behind the outside wall? <laughs> yes. and cower.
3: That would be me. I would excel.
2: Uh, well, what's your favorite ballpark treat? Like hot dogs, nachos. Uh, hot dogs. Hot dog. Yes. Hot dog. Good. Dodger okay. dog. The Dodger dog. Yes. Mm. What is your
0: favorite baseball movie? Oh, Lord. Uh, the one with the uh, women during World War II. Oh, League, of oh, League, of League of Their Own. League of Their Own. There's
1: okay. no crying in baseball. <laughs> yes. There's no, crying. <laughs> There's no crying. Are you crying? Uh,
2: Yes, that's a good one. I actually went with Bull Durham on that one. That's actually one of my
1: favorite. I went with the natural, but then I was crushed when you pointed out to me, and I'm upset I didn't figure it out, that Roy Hobbs hits the winning home run in the top of the ninth. Yes, the game-winning the walk-off, homer. walk-off homer in the top of the ninth. They just forgot to <laughs> <Their> play. <laughs> I guess they didn't have any more lights. But lights when, are out. So you're like, oh well. I guess we're done. Lights are out. Game's <laughs> over. God,
0: Robert
1: oh. Redford. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My favorite one is in Bull Durham when they ask the guy, where the guy hits the home run. And he, Kevin Costner walks out and he says, "Man, anything that's hit that far better have a stewardess on it, don't you think?" And the pitcher goes, "Man, it's like he knew the pitch." He goes, "He did. I told him. <laughs> I told <laughs> him. <laughs> don't ever shake me off again." And he yeah. walks back. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Who's your favorite classic baseball player?
0: Oh, gosh. I think uh, probably overall uh, Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks. Okay. Sounds good. Which stadium would you most like to visit? I've not done Fenway yet,
2: and I need to do Fenway. Okay. Fenway Park. And let's see. Two more. Uh, how much uh, of your, uh, with your favorite team, do you watch them all the time? Do you kind of watch them a little bit or, or are you like, can't miss a game?
0: Oh, just, uh, hit or miss. Hit or miss. Okay. Let's see.
1: It's really hard to be in that third category. I've never missed that. I mean, you can mm-hmm. check it out, but that's hard. It is tough. There's a lot of games in baseball.
2: Okay. Of these four songs, which is the best one for baseball, center field by John Fogarty, right field by Peter, Paul, and Mary. The Greatest by Kenny Rogers, or Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. <laughs> I don't know any <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly,
0: I went with, I, I I just knew the center field but <laughs> That's coast. fine. What yeah. the heck? All of, any of them.
1: Yeah. See, I would have put Jump on that list by Van Halen, because yeah. the El Paso yeah. Diablos used to play that all the time, mm-hmm. and so did mm-hmm. they do on um, yeah. WGN with the Cubs, right?
0: Mm. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, you're listening to Cubs mm-hmm. baseball. Okay, so here it is. It's calculating, and it comes up
1: with... All right, David, what did you get? I got my team, which is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Los Doyers.
2: Los Doyers? Yes. That's good. Mm.
1: What did you get, Grazina?
3: And I am so happy to say I got my home team of the St. Louis Cardinals. Really? They still have, I know. They still have a team there? Oh, get out. Oh,
1: okay. Just, just yeah, uniforms and everything. Well, mine came
2: back as the Chicago Cubs, who I don't really like. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, but it's very hard to be living in the southwest to be a Braves fan, so it's kind of back and forth. All right, Dr. Calidy came out with the Boston Red Sox. Are we Red close. Oh, mm. Interesting. What would you what is your favorite? What? Uh, Cubs. 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 Oh, no. There you go. Yeah, so so we're we're about 50-50 on the quiz.com so you know, we <laughs> It's always interesting. But we love baseball and baseball's always fun. Always a great podcast, everybody. Thank you so much to our guest, Dr. Lowell Catlett. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Honor was all mine. Once again, you're listening to the We Are Money podcast by Beasley Mitchell and Company. Make sure you join us uh, every time and subscribe to us on our our podcast and Facebook and Twitter. And uh, with that, have a great day.
3: It's not
0: over yet. It is for me, sister. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. 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 I'm a-